famous quote from Tony Robbins that says, trade your expectations for appreciation and your whole world changes in an instant. What he's referring to with that quote is that most humans trigger frustration and anger or sadness, depression or anxiety or fear and worry based on their expectations of the world, expectations of themselves or other people. So Tony suggests that if you can drop your expectations and instead have gratitude for those things and other parts of your life and the world, this will ensure you're not triggered into those unhelpful emotional states. This is brilliant and I completely agree, but it's not the whole picture. So a great mate of mine who was episode number two on this podcast, Kurt Fernley, he has a different point of view and he believes that most people don't have high enough expectations of themselves and that's what their limiting factor is to growing and developing into the best versions of themselves. Once again, I believe this is brilliant and I completely agree. But once again, it's not the whole picture. I want to unpack the blessing and curses of expectations from a bit of a different perspective shortly. But first, I want to share how my expectations fueled frustration and even a bit of fear within me recently. Have you ever sort of set out in your mind what you're about to do or even written your to-do lists and got it started on it and it's really clear to you that you have these things to do and the steps that you need to go through to get them completed? It's clear to you, but you haven't necessarily clearly communicated that with other people. But you start with your tasks. And these tasks might be things, they might be work-related or they might be doing chores around the house or getting ready to go somewhere. You start with your routine and in your mind, you think something like, okay, once I'm done packing up this gear, I'm then going to get dressed and head out to do all the jobs that need to be done. Then I have to make sure I'm back by 2 p.m. So I've got one hour to finish off that work on the computer before we go to Jimmy's for the barbecue. And then someone interrupts you and wants your attention and takes your attention, your focus and your action away from what you were doing. And you react with a little bit of frustration maybe. Maybe not outwardly, but maybe just that little voice in your head says something like, I have to get this stuff done. I don't have time for this. Don't they bloody know everything I have to get done? (laughs) Since Ollie was born, I've struggled with this a bit. And at the time of this recording, he's just about four months old. I've had tasks to complete with the podcast or my company and other work things and I'll be about to do them or midway through and I try to time these when Ollie is sleeping, when it's my turn to look after him and then he might wake up right in the middle of my productive period. But that's okay, adorable little fella needs some love and attention to help him settle again and I give him that knowing that it usually works. But he continues with his cry and simply won't settle at all. But I know he's tired and he needs to go back to sleep, which will be awesome because I'll be able to finish off the work that I was doing, which needs to be done today, actually. But he's not settling for ages, requiring me to nurse and rock and sing to him for ages. <laughs> and then I'm frustrated. 
my stories start flying around in my head. Man, I was supposed to be finished this stuff already. That's my expectations. Ah, I wish it would just settle already so I can get back to it. More expectations. Now, don't get me wrong. I prioritize lots of quality, uninterrupted time with Ollie, and I freaking love it. Giggling and playing and just being mesmerized by him. But then there's times where I set my expectations of getting some things done during his sleep and while Marie is doing her things or having another nap and it's my turn to look after him. And those expectations might not be met. I caught myself a few times in these instances with that voice in my head loudly and angrily saying, fuck, just settle already, boy. You're so tired. You just need to close your eyes and sleep. This was all going on in my mind. That's anger and frustration triggered by my expectations that he'll just sleep because I know he needs to. On top of the expectations that I set out that I would definitely get those things completed in that two-hour window that I expected Ollie to sleep for. (laughs) No wonder why I was angry and frustrated. None of my expectations were met. (laughs) And guess... Guess how my sleeping had been around those times that I was triggered into those states. Yep, that's right. Pretty bloody scattered, to be honest. That good old sleep deprivation had crept in again. As I've mentioned in other episodes, we know when we're sleep deprived and tired that we're often triggered into operating from the small emotional epicenter of the brain called the amygdala. And that's our non-negotiable part of our mind, like a two-year-old's mind. You can't negotiate with a two-year-old. You can't reason with yourself when you're operating from your amygdala, your two-year-old brain. So this is where Tony Robbins' quote makes sense. Well, to me. So his quote of trade your expectations for appreciation and your whole world changes in an instant. What Tony's saying is what I believe around using gratitude as a tool to shift your energetic conditions from the hindering and harmful states to the helpful and healthy states. And for me, in those moments when I've realized what my freaking tired, angry, frustrated, amygdala-fueled story was in my mind about all these expectations, I've used that gratitude and shift to appreciation to help change my mindset and my thoughts about my reality in that moment. But I couldn't just do it straight away. It didn't work for me in that instant. I couldn't just be grateful for Ollie or life or something straight away like I was able to do when my eggs yolk broke, egg yolks broke, for example, and I was angry about that. Now, you've heard me talk about that one before. But in these instances, I had to use another tool first before the gratitude. Breathing. Even rhythmic coherence breathing to bring myself back into alignment to shift some blood flow back into the prefrontal cortex of my mind and away from that two-year-old irrational amygdala. Focusing, for me, focusing on my coherent diaphragm breathing for just one minute settles me so much. It helps me create so much more clarity because it takes my focus away from that ridiculous story in my mind that I've created of the world that's going to end if Ollie doesn't get to sleep and I don't get my stuff done and it just that crazy stupid story that I've created and it brings the focus purely to the breath and the singing and humming and bopping up and down when holding Ollie of course (laughs) so then 
because I've changed focus and changed the blood flow from my mind, then I was able to do what I do 90% of the time when I'm with Ollie and just look at him and be abundantly grateful for everything about him every moment, including his beautiful cries and screams because it's his only way of communicating, even when I was expecting so much more. (laughs) So, what should I do? Should I drop expectations of what tasks and workload I need to get done? Well, maybe. I often have a Pomodoro time that ensures productivity, so I think I just need to be realistic about the fact that when Ollie is sleeping and it's my time to attend to his needs, that's not necessarily a productive work time for me. Should I drop expectations of Ollie falling asleep when I know he's super tired and just needs to close his eyes and sleep? Absolutely. <laughs> Even just to talk about this out loud makes it seem so obvious and a bit ridiculous from my perspective. You guys listening might be thinking, man, I thought Robbo had his shit together. I can't believe he has those expectations of his four-month-old baby. <laughs> Don't worry, that's what I'm thinking too. And... That's the good old human mind, right? Just when we think we've learned great tools and strategies and improved our mental strength training and dialed in our gut-brain connection, we prove to ourselves that we're human again. (laughs) Okay, now let's look at the blessing and curses of expectations from a bit of a different perspective. I'm just going to read you a section from a really great book that I discovered recently called Emotional Equations, Simple Formulas to Help Your Life Work Better. And I'll link this book in the show notes to this episode if you're interested in reading it. So this little section says, Disappointment resides in the same apartment building as regret, just on a lower floor. Regret has a higher charge because it relates to choices you have made that have led to unsatisfying outcomes. Your responsibility for or role in causing a problem, loss or tragedy. Feeling disappointed means you didn't get what you wanted. You feel frustration, on the other hand, when you still have a sense that you could affect an outcome. Is something in your life right now not going the way you want it to? If you had to define it as disappointing or frustrating, which would it be? Disappointment recognizes that something is over. That's why it often comes with a sense of deflation or defeat. From the moment we wake up in the morning, we're walking expectation machines. Whether we are expecting something as mundane as good weather or something more essential such as a promotion at work. It can be the buyer's remorse you feel a week after you bought your highly anticipated new car or the tinge of melancholy at the end of a honeymoon. Yet the psychologist Barry Schwartz in... The Paradox of Choice, Why More is Less, he suggests we probably can do more to affect the quality of our lives by controlling our expectations than by doing virtually anything else. The math in this equation is very clear. The higher your expectations, the more the potential for disappointment. So my take on this, so that was all from the book, my take on this and from experience, is that disappointment can actually be a byproduct of our expectations. If we don't meet our expectations, we get disappointed. But why is that such a bad thing? Well, it's not necessarily a bad thing, 
because as Kurt Fernley believes, we need to have greater expectations of ourselves to actually develop into our best selves, in which I agree. However, the danger of disappointment only lies in the individual's ability to deal with the disappointment or not. Does your disappointment make you angry and have outbursts? Does it make you depressed and feel completely unworthy and down on yourself? If so, that's not really helpful, is it? And it's your choice to make, if, if your disappointment makes you feel that way, it's your choice. As we know, if we feel a certain way about something, nobody or nothing made us feel that way. We chose to feel that way about the situation. Ollie didn't make me feel angry and frustrated that I couldn't get my work done. I chose to feel angry and frustrated about it. Then, after the breathing, I chose to feel grateful about the exact same situation. So, if you set expectations and don't meet them, and you feel disappointed, use that disappointment as an opportunity to reflect on why your expectations weren't met and change your strategies around that. And with this area, what I'm talking about, it's more likely the expectations you set for yourself in pursuit of something, like a career goal, a sporting achievement, anything with an outcome focus. That's the type of expectations that Kurt believes we're not setting high enough for ourselves to be our best selves. We need to be prepared to deal with disappointment and not meeting our outcome-focused expectations. This is where your mental strength training and emotional intelligence comes into play. Understanding what tools to use to navigate your emotional agility, your mindset, your future actions, and your quality of life. So, do your expectations help you or hinder you? Do they fuel you or deflate you? That's the question you need to start answering with brutal honesty to choose whether your expectations will be powerful or potent for you. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.